Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Lions Radio Network. I'm your host, Donna Lyons, and actually co-hosting with me today is one of our other producers and hosts, Gina Renee, and we're thrilled to have our guest on today, the legendary Daryl Strawberry, and Daryl Strawberry is described as a legend by many who have been dazzled by the dynamics of his game, the power he possessed at the plate, and the story of redemption that continues to bring hope to so many lives. He has earned the legendary nicknames and phrases of one of the most feared home run hitters in the game of baseball. Straw sweep swing, strawberry field forever, and the legendary straw man. And Daryl, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, ladies. It's great to be with you guys. Well, I'm just thrilled. I mean, thank you for bringing so much entertainment to all of us, too, that are baseball fans. I have to tell you, I've, I've been a baseball fan for years, and following your career has been absolutely amazing. And, you know, one of the things that um, made you who you are today at this moment is that you had a fall to addiction and you overcame that. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? And, and what was the one thing that one day when you said, this is enough and I'm changing my life? Well, the fall of addiction is, is, is very hard and, um, it comes from back in the childhood of being broken and realizing that brokenness is real, no matter how successful we get and how much fame and fortune we get. And that's what it was for me. Um, it was a broken from the beginning of the dysfunction, uh, the rejection from my father and the beatings from my father when I was a kid and basically said, I'd never amount to nothing. And my pain would eventually lead me to my greatness to play major league baseball and be successful. But my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior because one is not well on the inside. And like I said, I've been privileged my whole life and lived a life behind community gates and was fortunate, and my kids were privileged. But at the same time, I still never dealt with the brokenness on the inside. And when one doesn't deal with that absence on the inside of of who you are and what has happened to you, uh, it eventually plays out. And I started very early, 13, smoking marijuana, I call it the marijuana maintenance because people say, well, it's just marijuana and eventually it stops working and then you need every, you're going to need something else. And I went from there to alcohol and then went from alcohol to the hard drugs because I really never dealt with the trauma on the inside, the abuse on the inside. And a lot of times people that end up in addiction, they're hurting because some trauma and rejection and no love, no hugs or something has affected them. And when it, it's that place in your life that you feel so empty on the inside. And I was so empty on the inside of who I was. I was great as a baseball player. No question about it. I loved it. I put on the uniform. I could play baseball, but I didn't know how to live. I didn't know who I was. I was just a baseball player. And over the years of going through the struggles of drug addiction, cancer twice and losing my left kidney and uh, ended up in the Florida state prison, T17169 because of addiction, uh, brokenness is real. And I always say lawlessness brings about brokenness. Um, it brings about a broken generation of young people and um, that we see today. And it's, it's unfortunate that it has turned to what it's turned to. Uh, I was able to get out of it because of my wife, Tracy, who was in recovery, and she pulled me out of dope houses 
14 years ago, I was shooting dope, smoking crack, and wanted to die. And she said, you're just not that lucky. I said, well, why don't God and you just guys leave me here? And she was like, you're just not that lucky. So it, it takes people to help people, uh, people that care, can care about you when you can't care about yourself to help you get on the right road and the right track. Hello? Did Donna go away? Yeah, I think she disappeared. Okay, well, something must be wrong with her phone, so I'll continue on. You know, when Donna told me about your story, I was really intrigued because um, I wanted to hear it because I, too, come from an alcoholic family. You know, I was raised into it, born into it, and um, for some reason, I never turned to drugs or alcohol. You know, I was raised in kind of a similar family, but I never turned to drugs and alcohol where my my siblings did. And so, um, you know, I was curious because I've always gone to church my whole life, and I do believe that that really helped me not get involved in drugs and alcohol because I found Jesus when I was like five. So now, um, you know, I go to church every Sunday, and we have a really high level of homelessness within our community. And I would say 99% of it is based off of, um, you know, drugs and alcohol. And so my question, the reason I wanted to talk to you today is that every week I'm approached by somebody that, um, you know, wants money, they need food, they need this, and we try to help them, but I don't see us helping anybody. There's nobody that comes to our church in the last, like, four years that I've been going there where I feel like, we're giving them the right help. You know, it's almost like if you say to them you can't help them or you turn them away, um, then they become very angry. They throw rocks through windows. Um, you know, they knock over things. So what would be the best advice to you for people that are involved in a church that would like to help people that, um, you know, are addicted to drugs and we're just not able to help them? How can we help them? Yeah, that's so good because uh, the church, we have to be able to mobilize the church uh, with some material where uh, they can have a, a group set aside on a certain day uh, that would bring about educating people who are struggling with addiction and to be able to empower them uh, with some biblical principles. Uh, my wife wrote a curriculum called Clean, Sober, to Saved. Uh, we have been involved with this attorney general and the state of Ohio with them and been going uh, to an epidemic hope of educating uh, the, the churches so they can be able to know how to deal with people and know how to uh, um, help them. Because uh, if, if giving money to them and giving food to them, uh, it's okay. Giving money to them is not okay. Giving food to them is okay. But they need more than that. They need, they need a spiritual awakening inside. Uh, they need to be able to have a group where they can go and they can talk about uh, problems and learn how to uh, be empowered spiritually. I think the spiritual component is the most important part of one getting well. I think because we're dealing with broken people, and if we don't have that spiritual awakening inside, um, they're just going to be the same person no matter what. Um, that's why they struggle so much. So I think the church really has to uh, try to learn to come together and 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 use material that, that will help them, that will educate them what's wrong with them. Because people really just that's struggling with addiction today. Uh, they just really want to know what's wrong with them. And if they, if you can educate them about what's wrong with them, uh, there's a good chance. There's a high percentage uh, from 
uh, Christian programs that people are getting well because of because of faith, because of biblical principles, and it's bringing them back to life. And that's really the only thing that's going to bring them back to life at this point. Okay. Yeah, because I find, like, we have a, a group that um, comes and feeds them on Thursday, but I noticed that the majority of organizations and things that are um, created, especially in our communities, come from basically parents who may have lost a child to addiction that was homeless. And you know, they couldn't help them. And so it's kind of like an outreach that they do for other children. But I don't, as I sit through them, I've just never felt like it was helping them. I felt like it was more of people reaching out to do things to help other people because they couldn't help their own kids. And it, yeah, a lot of times does that, that make sense? A lot of times that happens. Well, yeah, that, that happens a lot. Um, and, and, of course, um, feeding them is important because they are starving for food. But spiritually, they're starving too. And if we don't, if we don't ever, if we don't get back to the point of bringing uh, education, biblical education, back to them, because you have to remember what what has happened to this generation today uh, is so different than when it was when I was growing up and, and going through. Uh, at least we knew about God. This generation doesn't know about God. They have taken God out of the schools, and and most kids have never stepped a foot into a church and know anything because. Uh, it's just not it's just not the thing that people do today and, and we've gotten away from that and, and that's why you see the epidemic that we have with so many falling into the addiction because they're spiritually dead and we have to feed them all the food we want which is important because they are definitely hungry from starving for food but they're starving spiritually for some biblical principles about life too and we have to learn how to pour that back into them uh, and just let them know that God loves them. They're not a mistake. Uh, I think so many of them are thinking that they're a mistake, and so many of us feel guilty that we get out and and because we have one struggling, you say we're helping others. But it's good to get out and, and help some other. Even if you do have a child that's struggling, it's good to go out and help others because while you're in the midst of uh, uh, sitting and hoping that your child will return, helping others, God does something great why you're in the midst of helping others and and he does something great for your own kid sometimes you have to let your own um child go i mean i remember my mother she had to let me and my brothers go and my sisters let us go so we can get well she ended on she ended up going home be with the lord at the age of 55 about 20 years ago but today you know she prayed for us and kept praying for us and we're all saved today you know i'm an evangelist i travel and i'm preaching the gospel you could never imagine from where I was and where I'm at today, now standing in a pulpit preaching the gospel because um, mama praying over you. So I always tell parents, keep praying. It's not up to you to see the miracle to happen. You pray, God brings the miracle. You might not get the chance to see it in the natural, but my mom is watching me in the supernatural now that I'm such a different person and has had such a great transformation because of the biblical principles. I believe in that. Now that I've seen the power of prayer, and I'm wondering if that's not – something that our community should start doing as a whole is even getting together once a week at our, cha- our church to, you know, to pray for a homeless community. Because sometimes I feel like I'm not seeing any change. And like I was telling Donna, there's sometimes when I get a little resentful because coming from an alcoholic family where I'm the only one that wasn't an alcoholic that turned to drugs or alcohol, every once in a while I hear all the time from my family, well, you don't understand what it's like to go through this, and I want to say, well, you don't understand what it's like to be on this side, you know, so, you know, sometimes it's hard. I know for me personally, sometimes I get a little bitter 
you know, when I'm trying to well, help people and I get to where I don't want to anymore, what kind of advice can you give? Because I know there's a lot of us feeling that way, you know, because we yeah. communicate that to each other. So what kind of advice could you give, you know, for people that have been, you know, like we want to help, we want to bring them into our churches, we want to feed them, we want to get them, you know, the help that they need. But then within 15 minutes after they get it, they're almost turning against you, telling you you don't understand what it's like to be here. Hello? I don't know what happened. Did we lose Daryl? Um, I see oh. him. Uh, Daryl, I think we lost you. Let me try. Let's call, Let's try calling him back just in case. You can hear me, though, right? I can hear you. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Yeah, we were having technical difficulties today. It's just been crazy. I do not know what is going on. We're getting cut off as well. Are we oh, here? Oh man, I, is, is this God <laughs> intervening? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> don't worry about it. That it's always stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she was doing great. Don't worry about it. It's, it's always the enemy. He's trying to, you know, move things out. So when you start talking about faith and start talking about helping yep, people, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't like that. So we 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 just push through. Exactly. Well, that's about live radio. I, I always say that. It seems like there's certain guests I get, and all of a sudden it'll just cut off, and I'm thinking, huh, what is going on? So it's that, it's, it's that, that bad man, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to work his way in here, isn't he? Uh, he is trying to work his happen. way in. No, not when, you're, not when you're talking about when you're talking about life and talking about people's lives matter. Um, the enemy always comes in to try to deceive him discourage you so you won't talk about that i'm always talk about that because god is the restorer of all things and and people need to know that i'm a living example of miracle of my life that where i was and i was in the public eyes and everyone had given up on me and my wife tracy was just the pillar for me Uh, god always uses people to help people and and that's what we're here for i'm here to help people and encourage them that no no matter what is happening and and for you ladies and we're just talking about the the homeless and praying for people, praying for people is so important. Prayer is the answer to all supplication. And we don't have to see the prayer fulfilled. God fulfills it. He just uses us as a vessel to pray and to cover people. So continue to do that and don't get discouraged. You just remember that we wake up every day. We're grateful uh, that we're in our right minds and we have the ability uh, to pray to God, to help others. And God hears the prayer. So um, I'm a living example. My mother Past 20 years ago, she prayed for all of us. And like I said before, we all sit here saved today. I'm standing in the pulpit preaching the gospel. So uh, you never know what God's going to do. Right. And when I spoke with you, too, um, about my son, we were talking about coming, doing the interview today. And I was telling you about my son. And I don't mind telling people that, you know, my son's an addict and, and he's been in and out of recovery. And the one thing you did say to me is don't ever stop praying because that's so important. And Another thing you were just saying is helping others. That's it's as equally important for someone like me who's on the other side of the spectrum and letting my son go, which I did a long time ago, which was very difficult. And I think that's another thing parents of addicts have to understand too, is that you're not helping your child. You're putting another nail in the coffin when you hand them money. It's just like, here you go, go kill yourself. Um, here's another 20 bucks. So cutting them off is the best thing you can do and praying really hard. So, uh, I agree with everything that you had said earlier about that as well. 
Yeah, this is so important to, to get to a place and you have to cut them off because my mom had to release us and she kept praying and she had a journal under her bed when she passed away and she was praying to God that he would heal all of us and would save all of us. And guess what? He saved all of us and he healed all of us. So wow. sometime, some, sometime you might not be here to see it in the natural, uh, but mama's down looking up something about mama when mama pray. She's, she's <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's looking down Our on the mama. supernatural and saying, yep. look at him. Yeah. Power yeah, prayer and comes she should be so too. proud of you because you're helping so many people now. I mean, it's just crazy. And you guys were just in Washington, D.C. Tell me what you guys were doing here as far as um, uh, now were you, you were at the White House too, correct? Yeah, we kind of met with the administration of, of the drug policy and with uh, came there with K-Love radio station and a few of us and, and just really talked about uh, the epidemic of what's happening in America with opiates and heroin and, and how to – how does faith play a part? How, how do we mobilize the churches and get them involved and play a part? And I, I think the, the churches have to step up. They, they're not, they can't solve the problem, but they can surely open the doors to um, some kind of education part and uh, getting a group or putting a curriculum or something in the church that would, would help and bring about, uh, bring about education to the people that are struggling. Um, and like I said, my wife wrote a curriculum called Clean, Sober, and Say, because she's got 17 years in recovery. And she wrote a biblical curriculum uh, with biblical principles. And see, what people need to understand about addiction, addiction is a spiritual brokenness. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual emptiness on the inside. It's, it's you're feeding the flesh, and that's what happened to me, and that's what happened to her in our addiction. We kept feeding the flesh, and it wasn't until we started diving into some uh, biblical principles. And the church can be so powerful with bringing healing to so many people if we can put biblical, practical biblical principles into the, back into their life. Because so, so many of these kids, ladies today, have missed uh, the God uh, of knowing God through school and because they've taken it out and, and they've removed it and Kids have never been to church, and, and it's so it's so sad, you know, to see uh, what's happened across America that uh, there's no fear, there's no appetite for God, and, and I think we have to make sure these young people know that, that that God is not mad at them, and God loves you, and your life matters, and you know they've gotten to a place where they don't believe God loves them because of because of what they're struggling with and what has happened to them, and and like I always say, there's always some trauma, abuse, or rejection has happened. To so many people, the love factor of, of hugging kids has, has happened in their life, and and we've gotten so busy with you know being successful and, and not really walking with humility uh, as people, and to love people right where they are. We're pointing the fingers at them, and I think we got to get away from that. We got to get away from like the Pharisees and the scribes where they were pointing their fingers at, at people back then and, and saying, "Look at their problem," and we all fall short, and we've got to remember us that has been restored, uh, we could be such a positive, helpful, and just encourage them that, you know, God loves them. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I could, could not agree more. Right, Gina? Gina's my oh god. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and dollar. actually, I was I <laughs> got online when, you're, um, when you were talking about your wife. Um, Donna said that it was finding your way, and I was wondering if it might not be a good idea for us to maybe do your curriculum each week while we're feeding the homeless. Yes, because I think it's very. I, I, yeah, you have an audience, and I think somebody you know who 
understands 12 steps, you know, uh, biblical principles because uh, the curriculum is, yeah, findingyourway.com, and they can go and find the curriculum on there, and you can see the 12 steps where, where it can show them what's wrong with them. It's practical. It's not beating them over the head. It's basically telling them why they're powerless, why, they're, why they are in the place that they're in. And we use it, we use it because it's not, it's not us, it's the Spirit of God that speaks through us that penetrates the hearts of people and touches them right where, they, where they're at and, and meet them right where they're at. And we love them right in the condition that they're in. You know, like I said, we gotta, we're feeding them. You know, you're feeding the homeless, but you need to feed them spiritually too. We can only right. feed them food off. We need to feed them spiritually so that their spirit can be awakening inside. And that, that's so important and we've gotten away from that. Yeah, because I'm thinking that this might be, um, you know, something we need to implement. I was wondering if we, if I got the book and started doing it, if I had any questions, because I don't know how many church, how many churches do you have doing your program? Well, we got quite a few. We, um, we're in the state of Ohio right now with the Attorney General. Um, my wife actually is leaving Thursday to go do a training with about 30 more pastors there because they're they're looking to put the, a curriculum in, into their um, into their church, you know, to be able to help because Ohio's number one in overdose, you know, uh, in, in America. Uh, so, wow. uh, we, we're in the state of Ohio and we've been in Illinois in the prisons in Illinois and it went to the Philippines, just all kind of areas that's, that's had drug problems and, and needed a, a curriculum. That's a, a Christian curriculum because, uh, May 2nd, our whole facility, our whole treatment center is, is becoming a Christian treatment center i decided i needed to change that and we need to put the curriculum in there we need to change that because uh, a regular treatment center is just not working too many people are coming out it's a revolving door and you know the drugs are, they're coming in and getting drugs they're coming out and getting drugs and everybody's dying so you got to do something different god is calling us to do something different we got to step out in faith and believe that if we do something different and we empower and we start teaching them uh people will start listening and they'll start getting better you know what, that's so important because I know that was the number one thing because I, I kind of lead our women's ministry, and this topic is brought up to me all the time. Um, my husband and I, in the last three years, have brought in four homeless people into our home, you know, to mm-hmm. try to help, and that never worked. Um, you know, so I think for me personally, I'm just tired of not knowing what to do. You know, short of, right. you know, sending people to a psychologist or sending them to, you know, AA. I know a lot of people, um, you know, they say they go to AA, but they can say they can believe in frogs if they want to. You know, right, it's not which like is it's, no good. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's kind of like that's where I have felt at such a loss because I know personally I couldn't help my family, you know, but they're all functioning alcoholics. They all have good jobs. They all, you know, kind of like you when you were playing baseball, right? You right, know, exactly. you were successful and you lived yeah, in the right. house and you did all that kind of stuff, but it still didn't take away the problem. And so yeah. I do what your mom did. I pray for my family. That's all I can do. But within my own community, you know, every time they come into our church, they ask for a handout. And three years later, they're asking for the same handout. I, I can't, you know, I can't help but ask myself, what more can I do? So, you know, I'm thinking that maybe this would be a good tool for our church to try. Yeah, you know, it's a great tool. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, nothing else. Will, nothing else will work until we get to the uh, spiritual feeding. We need to feed people spiritually, and 
we we could like I said we could feed them food and we can we can love on them. That's a major part. But also at the same time, while we have them, that we need to empower them spiritually to show them why they're affected, what's happening to them, and and I think if you could get a group like that and and have it where where you be able to teach them at the same time when you feed them, you know that would that would encourage them that there's hope, you know, because you because you could be able to you be able to share, you know, my wife curriculum from two people who have come from addiction, and this is what God has given us, and God has given us treatment centers and and allowed us to travel the country to really be able to talk about that, talk about it because we know what we're talking about. We know where the problem is. The problem is is spiritual. It's a brokenness inside spiritual, and if they never get fed, they can never get well. They'll, they'll keep being the same person. They'll keep going around the circle, doing the same thing, looking for a different result because they have not been empowered, you know, spiritually, and, and, and we need to get to that place. And I think, you know, this is where we're at in America. That's why we're in the, we're in the epidemic today, you know, because it's broken. The system is broken, and everybody's trying to fix everybody on, on, on a natural way, and you can't. It, it, Drug addiction is demonic. Right. Alcoholism is demonic. You know, it's what, and what I mean by that, ladies, it's a, it's a, it's a obsession to the mind. It's a craving to the mind. The only thing that can take the craving from the mind away is God himself. Agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, you're you're brilliant in what you're saying, because I think about, like, even our own Bible studies, you know, our Bible studies started to dwindle, so my husband decided he was going to feed everybody, so we started making these elaborate dinners, and guess what? Bible study went up by 15%. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, so as I'm listening to you talk, I'm writing things like, you know, our teaching while feeding program, you know, teach them while you feed them program. I love that, because it does give them something while you're, like you said, while you're feeding them, you know, their physical, their emotional side, even if they don't get it the first time, if you keep, I mean, if we just did this program, it says it includes six videos. So let's say we do it every six weeks, the same program. They might not hear it the first time, but they might hear it the second or the third, right? Exactly. Exactly. They keep coming, you know, and they keep, and and they listen and they listen, they hear it. And all of a sudden the spirit starts to wake up because now all of a sudden we're, we're feeding them from some spiritual stuff instead of, you know, from from the physical. I mean, you're feeding from the physical, they're getting full, but now the spiritual part is starting to wake their spirit up because their spirit is dead. Drugs and alcohol kills your spirit, man. Well, that makes sense, yeah. pushes, like I said. It, push, yeah. it pushes your spirit, man. It, it pushes your spirit, man, over in the corner where he's dead. You know, he's no longer he's no longer alive, and he's he's consumed, you know, with alcohol and drugs because the mind the mind has not been changed. Uh, it takes the mind to be the mind to be transformed. How does the mind get transformed? By God's word. It doesn't get transformed by man or uh, man speaking or us. You know, just holding conversations. The transformation comes from by feeding them God's word. We just keep feeding them God's word. Then the light starts to come on. People start to come alive. You know, they start to come out of their skin, and, and you start talking and sharing about how God is not mad with you. And, and you, you show you, you show the videos of my wife. She teaches those videos about what's wrong with a person, and it draws the people in. It's not her. It's the spirit of God that's drawing people in to bring the spirit back to life. Now, does this right. work on those that aren't alcoholics also? 
the part that when they're dealing with alcoholics? Is there, you know, information in there for both sides? Did we lose him again, Donna? (laughs) (laughs) Every time I ask him a question, he goes away. (laughs) Cheryl, are you hanging up on us? (laughs) We'll get him back real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I want that answer. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Hey, don't worry. It's a family. It's a family and friends program that she has on there too. That she does for the family. A curriculum that she wrote for the family. Uh, the family's affected, and she wrote how how they can learn how to deal with it. How they can learn how to stop enabling. How they can learn how to take care of themselves. Okay, so this is it's basically like an AA program, only basically Christian principles. It's, bi- it's biblical, yeah. It's 12 steps biblical principles. Um, okay, okay. It aligns with the 12 steps of of, of AA and A, but it, hers are biblical. It shows you theirs and it shows you the biblical what's wrong with you. How do you get from addiction? How do you get from trapped out of alcoholism? It shows the families how to learn to love their loved ones and you can love them, but you don't have to tolerate the behavior and how to take care of yourself. So. Okay, and is there a that's, training program yeah, like for? Too. Yeah, like for someone uh, like me that would like to implement this in our church, is there like a training video, or is there? Yes, yeah, you know, she'll have the training. She'll have the training video. She's going to have the training video um, when she gets back this weekend because she's um, shooting the training video with um, like thirty to forty pastors in Ohio, and she's okay. having the film, so it could be. She's going to put it online so people can people can learn to train how to train. She's going to show them how to train. Um, like I said, I married way on my head. She's incredible, you know. God used her mightily to save my life. <laughs> That's normally <laughs> the way it is, just so you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be here um, today. I wouldn't be this man transformed. You know, she was damning on crack house doors, pulling me out. You know, I was using dope and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just incredible what God has done in her and the gift that he has given her to help in this area. Um, like I said, she never went back. She got When she got clean, um, that was it. She turned away in 17 years. She never looked back. She never went back and forth. You know, she was just, when she stopped, when she came out of it, and then God gave her this assignment, she had been working on it. Her curriculum, she had done, that was, she had done that eight years ago. God had told her to write this, knowing that it would be an epidemic. Yeah, knowing it would be an epidemic that we would be in, and now all the churches are coming together, the attorney general is coming together and asking us to, her to do trainings, to train the churches and so they can mobilize uh, the churches and get them to be able to have leaders that can step up and and teach, you know, through the workbook. And, and all, have, all you have to do is use our teaching from one to, to six videos uh, to show the group and, and, and then teach them out of the workbook of, of how, you know, what's wrong with them, how to get well, and how to be an overcomer. You know, and I want to let people faith. know too that 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 website is called findingyourway.com, and I I would love everybody to check it out. And Cheryl, I know you're super busy, so I wanted to say thank you again so much for coming on. I'm I'm having several guests on in the next couple of months that you know to talk about addiction and recovery and uh, the opiate crisis and that. So I really really. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on and tell us your story and what you guys are doing now. And um, I'm, I'm hoping someone's listening and it might just turn their life around today. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
Well, it helped yeah, me no tremendously, so you. thank you. No, well, thank you, ladies, and I'm glad you're trying to do what you need to do and get it out there because we, we need to get we need to get God back into the center of things. We've lost absolutely. We've lost that. That's why that's why we lose so many young people's lives, and and it's we don't have to if we can get them to see that God loves them right where they're at, and faith is important, and we've gotten away from that. We just need to be bold to talk about it. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to try your program, and I'll let you know how this uh, teach them while you feed them program goes. All right. That sounds great. That, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daryl. Thank you so much. All right, ladies. You take care. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. you. Too. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, Jeannie. All right. Bye. That, everyone, that was Daryl Strawberry, and I hope that somebody listening today picks something up out of this um, interview, and I hope maybe you feel some kind of love in your heart to reach out to someone that might need your help, or if you have someone that's addicted, maybe you've learned something from this, and please go to findingyourway.com and check out Strawberry Ministries as well. I think you'll find it very healing and empowering. And you'll learn a lot. And Gina, thank you so much. I mean, you had some, so many valid questions and things that, you know, to incorporate into your church, which um, I hope that it works for you guys, because it sounds like you're on the right track with getting things done. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. You know, when you told me you were having him on and what his topic was, it's, that's all I could think about because, you know, alcohol and drugs have affected my life, basically most of my life. And right. so, um, you know, just having the proper tools, because if you're not an addictive person, you don't understand that personality. So um, so he was a real gift to me. And I have a meeting today at 1 o'clock, so I'm going to actually go and share his information today. So oh, and I'm going to buy so it, and we're cool. going to see if we can't can yeah, implement out. it. So, yeah, I but finally have something to do. time you asked him a question that was of importance about the church that we lost him, but we neither one of us lost him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But, you know, it is uh, true, and his website is amazing. So, um, you know, I'm going to go yeah, and get the Yeah, the websites book. are good, Strawberry Ministries and then FindingYourWay.com, both excellent, excellent. I hope everybody um, checks them out, too. Yeah, me, too. So, well, Gina, thank you so much. I know you're busy too. I appreciate you popping on here today and um, joining me because I knew this is right up your alley and things that you're trying to incorporate at your church as well. So I appreciate it. And, yeah, you know, knowing you your background, me. I knew that, you know, you had a lot of questions as well. Well, thank you. Well, you're so welcome. And tomorrow I want to <laughs> let everybody know that Tarek Brock is having his show um, and I believe it's at noon Eastern Central, 1 Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, and he's having on Major League Baseball, former Major League Baseball pitcher Scott Sanders, and they're gonna, they actually played together on the Cubs. So they're going to have a lot to talk about, and they're going to talk about coaching as well. So I just hope everybody can tune in tomorrow. And then on Friday, it's so exciting. I don't know if it's Thursday or Friday. I have Lucas Hogue. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. I think it's Friday. Friday, Lucas Hogue, the country singer, will be on, and, and he's a very good friend of mine. So he and his wife are good friends. So that will be a really fun show, too, because I'm playing some of his new music. Anyways, everyone, I hope that you can join us tomorrow and then Thursday. Uh, we don't have any show scheduled for Thursday because 
it is opening day at National Stadium. And as all of you know, if you've been following me through Love, Liberty, and Lip Gloss, you know that I am a huge baseball fan. And I will be going to opening day at our park on Thursday. So I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Gina, thanks again. And you have a great rest of your day, too. And I'm, I'm sure I'll be talking to you later today. Yeah, I'll call you in five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, have everyone. a good one. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.